0: The world is crazy, it's pretty clear. You need to know why, how it affects the lives of those we hold so dear. I can't explain everything, but together, maybe we can find our way. Aren't you tired of the violence, the hatred, the racism? We need a brand new day. And what about climate change, housing that's substandard but still unaffordable and our public education system that favors some and leaves so many others behind? But who's gonna pay? And then there are the jobs with wages so low they make you feel worthless as you struggle to pay the rent and all the other bills piled high. Yes, we need a brand new day. Is there enough hope among us to overcome despair? Enough wisdom to overcome ignorance? Enough generosity to overcome deprivation? Enough goodness to overcome all those who claim to be patriots but hate their government? We need a brand new day. That's right, a brand new day. This is Lehigh Valley Discourse, only on WDIY, and I'm your host, Alan Jennings. And that would be me. Chambers of Commerce, is a, it's a familiar name, I think, to everybody. I think it's probably got about 100% name recognition. They're a respected member-based advocates for business in the context of community. They have an enormous amount of power. They are not just a a group that's out, you know, ranting and raving for more money for themselves and tax cuts and everything. They're they're advocates for a better business community, and a better business community is good for, I think, everybody. So Alex Halper, he's the son of Carol Halper, who was a top aide to former Congressman Charlie Dent for many years, and Barry Halper, who's a retired top government relations dude for Air Products. He's practically Republican royalty, almost like Ryan McKenzie. Welcome to the show, Alex Halper.
1: What a kind introduction. Thank you very much, Alan. It's great to be here.
0: We're going to talk about the economy, the midterm elections, and how we get back to a world where people of opposing views can actually talk to each other, maybe even form friendships, uh, maybe put their country ahead of their personal agenda. Alex, the first, let's just to be clear, you are the Director of Government Relations for the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. That's right. What do you do?
1: Well, my organization is is the Statewide Chamber of Commerce. So, you know, we have chambers of commerce in communities throughout Pennsylvania. Uh, you have a great chamber there in the Lehigh Valley, the, the greater Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce. We are a member organization. We have about 10,000 employer members all over Pennsylvania, all industries, and uh, really in every region and all sizes. We are primarily an advocacy organization. So in my role, uh, I'm advocating for public policy primarily at the state level, but we also engage at the federal level, uh, but, but pursuing a public policy agenda that we believe will uh, be beneficial to uh, employers, uh, make Pennsylvania more competitive uh, in order to attract businesses and entice uh, existing businesses to expand. So in my role, it's primarily as, as an advocate before state government.
0: Does that mean you are leading the, the, the uh, setting the policies of the chamber, or does somebody else do that, and you simply represent them? I don't want to say simply, but you represent them in, in the body of the Capitol. I mean, are, are you also the guy who's sort of picking what issues matter and, and what might not get as much attention?
1: We are a member-driven organization, so in addition to input uh, we receive from you know, a broad range of, of employers, Throughout Pennsylvania, you know, we have uh, policy committees, internal committees at the chamber, uh, board of directors, um, and, you know, others who help develop our agenda, guide our uh, policy advocacy, and uh, and then, you know, as part of the government affairs team at the PA chamber, we're the ones, you know, on the ground in the Capitol working with legislators, with legislative staff, with the administration, other advocates to help pursue this agenda.
0: And is your agenda exclusively business-oriented issues? I mean, you don't take positions on, like, guns or abortion, right?
1: That's generally true, yes. Now, when you think about issues that impact the business community, uh, it it is pretty broad. There are a lot of, of policy areas that that impact employers in one way or another, so in our kind of day to day and legislative session by legislative session throughout that work, you know we, we do find ourselves engaged in a in a broad range and an often, often, often an interesting range of policy areas. Uh, but generally speaking, yes, yeah, some you know some social issues or or um, you know legislation that really doesn't have any direct impact on the business community. Yeah, that's, that, that's outside of our wheelhouse.
0: So do you have like a top three or top five priority, you know, policy priorities for, for 2022?
1: Generally speaking, we've launched a, a policy agenda. It's, it's sort of a continuation from our bringing PA back agenda, which was a, in response to the pandemic and helping employers navigate those challenges and, and hopefully uh, come out on the other side. We've kind of moved into the next phase. Part of our our propel PA forward. That agenda is focused on 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 competitiveness, infrastructure, and workforce. Uh, workforce being you know a one of the the challenges we are hearing more and more from employers. And part of that includes you know equality of opportunity, so that you know all Pennsylvanians uh, have the opportunity to uh, experience a. You know, a, a rewarding career and and participate in um, in this economy.
0: You know what, what's um, it just as an observation, you know, because I've been fighting these battles for you know longer than you have actually, but mm-hmm. you know, change is occurring so swiftly these days that it's hard for the average voter, I think, to even keep up. For example, business leaders, corporate CEOs are increasingly likely to be the ones speaking to the more issues of our time, diversity, inequity, climate change, public health. I mean, PPL, for example, you're from Allentown. Um, mm-hmm. PPL uh, was let off the hook during the Trump administration on some of the climate uh, issues, and they said, no, no, we're doing it anyway. We think this is right for our, our world, and, and it's right for our communities. And I mean, it's, it's really, frankly, for me, it's just hard to believe that the moral voice these days is coming out of some of the top, you know, corporate offices. It
1: is an ever-evolving business community and an advocacy community in general. And, you know, as a broad-based organization where we have, you know, we have some of those, you know, top 500, you know, corporate uh, uh, members among our, uh, among our network, but also, you know, small businesses and mom-and-pop shops and, and uh, developing uh, positions and and an, an agenda that represents you know the whole lot of them is is a uh, you know is an interesting and can be challenging process. But you're absolutely right. What you know, the priorities for employers is is diverse, and what issues businesses are emphasizing, whether they're focused on 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 more on broader social issues or policies that directly impact their industries. There's, there, there's a lot out there, but I'm, I appreciate your recognizing how uh, you know, the business community is more and more engaged in advocacy and advocacy on uh, a lot of different levels.
0: You're listening to WDIY. This is Lehigh Valley Discourse, and actually, this is a new format. I've got 30 minutes, and we're calling it the Jennings Report. My guest this evening is uh, Alex Halper, who is a local guy, made good. He's the uh, Director of uh, Government Relations for the ba- uh, Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. I also want to thank James Johnson, who is the director of the news effort here at WDIY and is making sure that I don't sound like a complete idiot thanks to that technology that he's got his hands on over there. And my guest is Alex Halper. So what do you do when you've got the All-Star Game, as an example? The All-Star Game was moved from Atlanta to Denver because, you know, in large part because the business uh, world said, wait a minute, no, <laughs> no, you know, the position you've taken is so exclusionary, leaves too many people out. So what do you do when you've got uh, what I think is a pretty wide chasm between the enlightened business leaders that, that did that and, for example, what's happening in Pennsylvania where they, you know, they're, they're trying to minimize what happened on January 6th? And it, it seems to me that the business world or, or the conservative side of the political agenda is a bit separate, you know, kind of uh, at odds. Is that, is that fair or is that not fair?
1: no I, I think it's a it's a fair observation that when you look at and I guess I'll just focus on the business community uh, yeah it is a it is a diverse you know certainly uh, you know not a, a a homogeneous body there are a variety of opinions there there are very different uh, agendas and priorities and it does make for interesting work to, to you know for for us as a as an advocacy group that, that represents these entities to, again, develop an agenda and prioritize based on their input. You know, we recognize that, that there is, you know, getting to a point you made earlier just about uh, individuals being able to disagree and have robust, passionate discussions and, and be able to, you know, come out in a better, more informed place um, after those discussions. That occurs within the business community as well. Yeah. So but we also know that there are policies that you know directly impact employers businesses of different sure. sizes different industries and and as much as we talk about all these different issues you know we also need to be thinking a few steps ahead and what's going to position Pennsylvania best to you know be a leader nationally be a place where you know Pennsylvanians uh, after their education, you know, want to stay, want to work, want to open businesses. Right. You know, that is really our goal.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I agree. Yeah, and I consider the Chamber to be a fairly moderate, you know, pro-business advocacy group. And, and I, I, you know, the, the Chamber in Lehigh Valley has been terrific. Tony Ionelli is a good friend. I think the guy does amazing work. And, and it, it doesn't surprise me that, that you, Alex, would be where you are because I, I think you reflect the kind of same moderate views that your mom's former boss had, which, you know, Charlie Dent, d- d- does the chamber endorse candidates?
1: We do. Uh, the chamber, you know, the PA chamber has a, a political action committee and a, a political arm to our organization. So we raise money. We endorse candidates uh, you know, that's focused on the state legislature. And in, in recent years, that's expanded to you know, the row officers. So the, the attorney general and auditor general, the treasurer in some cases the governor's race uh, as well as increasingly in in state judicial races so yeah it's a you know we we need elected officials in office who understand the business community and and are you know and are committed to improving Pennsylvania's business climate and and a political operation is a big part of that
0: so is the political part separate and with a different five hundred one c status, or is because you can't endorse a candidate as a five hundred one c three, a typical nonprofit? So, so you must be a c four or something, right? Well, our
1: uh, chambers is a, a c six. Not to get too much into the uh, yeah. into the tax code, and then we have a, a you know a a separate political action committee that is uh, a registered PAC for the purpose of. Raising money, which we do from you know from uh, the the broader business community, uh, and then you know making those allocations and and the associated endorsements.
0: Yeah, have you made any endorsements for twenty twenty two yet? No, not
1: yet. We you know we go through a process of, of evaluating you know incumbent voting records, uh, and then for open seats, we have a candidate questionnaire, and oftentimes you know we're approached by candidates to discuss our priorities. Uh, so we, you know, we will evaluate voting records and, and how candidates in open seats respond to questionnaires. And then we have, a, we have a, a committee and a board of directors for our PAC that will evaluate, you know, that input and then make a decision from there.
0: Uh, my impression is that just about every Republican in Pennsylvania has announced their, their uh, campaign for governor. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll just except for you, Alex, you might want to be announcing sometime soon. Um, so do, do, you, do you have a sense of who the, you know, the front line, three or five or what, you know, candidates might be? We
1: were very proud of the P.A. Chamber to uh, sponsor the first debate of the uh, Republican candidates for the, the gubernatorial election. Uh, that debate occurred last week. And, yeah, there were, there were 13 individuals on the stage and, uh, you yeah, know, that was and, and a couple likely candidates who weren't there. So it could have been even even bigger. It was an interesting discussion. I think it might be early to identify any specific front runners. Certainly, there are a number of candidates uh, in that group who probably have more name recognition or are you know current elected officials. But, you know, in this current electoral environment and the way things have gone the last few years, it's tough to. Prognosticate, you know, what is going to resonate with voters, and you know, and, and who's going to emerge. So, uh, you know, plenty of time before before May, that before the primary, to see how things shake out. But, but an interesting group so far.
0: Yeah, the guy who uh, has been so defensive of Trump and the, uh, the the insurgency. What's his name, Mastriano?
1: Well, yeah, I saw Senator Mastriano from uh, Franklin County uh, announce. Uh, this past weekend, he was not at the debate on uh, Wednesday of last week, and then yeah, Dr. Oz uh, running in the the U.S. Senate race, and what's also becoming an increasingly uh, or large and, and interesting group of of candidates on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, some. What a cast of characters we have uh, yeah. heading into the the, the election season. Well, and of course, on the Democratic side, season.
0: which is totally, un, in, I mean, never heard of it. There's already a consensus candidate. There's there's probably not going to be a primary for uh, Josh Shapiro, right?
1: That is the way it is looking. That's, that's uh, yeah, amazing. They,
0: Democrats they, never come together like that. <laughs> Maybe I'll run just for the, well, you know, just to start back up.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, it is really an interesting uh, juxtaposition where you have. Uh, on the republican side like we've said this 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 you know fairly enormous field and so many different candidates some some newcomers some um you know known entities and then on the democratic side really only attorney general Josh Shapiro having uh, i think really the only serious candidate having announced and and certainly the uh, the likely the likely candidate it certainly gave the candidates on the, the debate stage you know a a you know someone to you know, to, to focus on when they were uh, trying to be, be critical of their likely opponent.
0: Let's move to the Senate side and Doc Oz and that, that whole group. I, have, I can't say that I know that there is as many. Is there still that size of field going for the Senate seat of, of Pat Toomey, or is that uh, a little bit less crazy? Well,
1: there appears to be fewer candidates on the, on the Republican side, uh, certainly compared to the governor's, Race, although I'm not sure if that list of candidates is is final yet, uh, and 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 of course the the Democratic side, the candidates who have announced there, the Democrats have not really, it appears, have not coalesced around a a single candidate, and I think there you're likely to see some more kind of traditional battling it out among among Democrats and. And certain candidates who are clearly trying to position themselves as either the, you know, the progressive candidate or the more moderate candidate, and then a number of other folks in between or on different sides. So, uh, possibly less chaotic, certainly than the Republican primary, on the you know in the governor's race, but but still completely, I'd say, unsettled, both Republican and Democratic side uh, to replace Senator Pat Toomey.
0: You're listening to WDOI, listener-supported public radio. This is Lehigh Valley Discourse and the uh, Jennings Report. I'm the host, Alan Jennings. My guest, Alex Halper, a guy I've known for a long time. So, Alex, so who do you think emerges as maybe the two or three lead candidates on, on either side or both sides for the Senate race?
1: Well, I guess, uh, again, hard, hard to really narrow it down on the, the Democratic side for U.S. Senate. I think the candidates that have You've probably gotten the most attention. Our are, our are, are current lieutenant governor, John Fetterman, right? Uh, he was he was a mayor of a small town in western PA, uh, Braddock, uh and has been uh, has been lieutenant governor under Governor Wolf for during the governor's second term.
0: He's he is well as example of a democratic populist.
1: Yes, he yeah he he is the one when I mentioned earlier positioning as the more progressive kind of populist candidate. Uh, I, I would I would probably put uh, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman in that camp, and then kind of on the other end of the spectrum within the Democratic Party, at least you have Congressman Connor Lamb
0: right. uh,
1: from uh, who, who represents a district in outside of Pittsburgh. You know, he has been successful as a Democrat running in a you know fairly conservative you know blue collar area, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think he's uh, he's positioning himself as the the more moderate candidate, and and the one you know, who could be most successful in a general election, right. and then you have a, a number of interesting candidates uh, in addition to those two. Uh, Montgomery County Commissioner Val Arcou, who's a, right. a physician, uh, and then and then a few others.
0: Yeah, what about the Republican side? Who do you think emerges? Yeah, it's
1: interesting. On the Republican side, uh, it, you know, uh, um, I mentioned Governor or uh, Congressman Connor Lamb. He had run against. Uh, a gentleman, Sean Parnell, who, uh, you know, decorated military officer. Right. Uh, Parnell was co- sort of considered the front runner until he pulled out of the race fairly recently. So it's a little bit up in the air, I'd say. You mentioned Dr. Oz, the kind of you know celebrity doctor from, uh, you know, uh, kind of cut his teeth on, on the Oprah, on Oprah's show. You have a, a fairly new candidate named David uh, McCormick, uh, who is was in finance and, uh, has some Pennsylvania roots. Look, looking like he's moving back to Pennsylvania uh, to run. So a number of interesting candidates, and and that I, I think is is, is fairly un, unsettled at this point. I guess we'll we'll see how the coming weeks and months play out.
0: Do you, Alex Halper, play a role in facilitating an endorsement, or do you have a voice? How much do you affect that debate, you personally, Alex Halper?
1: Well, I should say that, you know, we're talking about the U.S. Senate um, race, and, and there we, we do not have a political or endorsement process. You know, we're really focused at the state level. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, generally I would say that you know, I am part of a government affairs team at the PA chamber that includes, you know, a few lobbyists. We, we work closely with our, you know, our president and CEO, Gene Barr, uh, as well as our uh, business members and board of directors and others who all play a role in sort of assessing the, the landscape, uh, looking at individual legislators uh, or candidates, and then arriving at a position. Uh, me personally, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm certainly part of that process, and in the day-to-day work of advocacy and lobbying and talking to legislators, you know, communicating about the business community priorities. Um, certainly I I bring my perspective to that discussion and if I believe a you know particular legislator or or candidate I, if I've had experiences that I think should be part of that deliberation, well, I'm trying to, try to, to promote discussion.
0: these positions, right? So I mean you, because you're the work a day guy, the guy that does this every day, you you should have a prominent role in that process.
1: Well and we and, and we do I, again, in, in addition to the other members of our team, both uh, both the on the, you know the professional side and the lay leadership we're, we're, we're all involved in that, but uh, but you're absolutely right there's no separating well, in, in the world of advocacy it's you, know, you really can't separate the policy work and the advocacy work from the political work because in order to advance a an employer agenda or any kind of agenda. And Alan, you've been, you know, you've been a leading advocate in Pennsylvania. You've been, you know, you're you're sought after by the political types for your input. You, know, you certainly understand the you know how these two worlds overlap and interact, but you need those folks in place in order, you know, to do the work that you're trying to do.
0: You know, there's—I I don't know—you've probably had this question thrown at you, but th- this is something that just is, just has puzzled me for for the longest time. You've probably seen the historical data that shows how much better the economy performs when Democrats occupy the White House. Yeah, have you seen that stuff? The gross domestic product rises faster, job creation rises faster, um, the economy does better overall when Democrats are in the White House. But yet, the re- the chamber has almost has is always so closely associated with the Republicans rather than the Democratic Party. is that How do you reconcile that? I, I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't be at least as supportive of Democrats as Republicans because Democrats have done the better job, uh, at least t- statistically, in, in creating an economy that works best for as, as many people as possible.
1: Well, I guess, uh, Alan, to your first point, I, I guess I've always assumed that Democratic administrations preside over successful economies because it's the kind of lasting effect of the Republican administration that that preceded them but at the PA Chamber and our our political operation is a is a bipartisan is a bipartisan pack we you know we endorse republicans we endorse democrats and we make contributions to both parties but there's no doubt you're correct that our endorsements tend to favor republicans and and I will say what is Frustrating to me uh, in my time at the PA Chamber is that the the number of Democratic candidates that we endorse uh, has unfortunately gotten smaller and smaller. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a there was a time, and it may have preceded my time at the PA Chamber, but when uh, when the list uh, when when our political support was much more balanced between Republicans and Democrats, and that has really Really tightened up on the Democratic side, and that's something that we we lament. We would be much happier uh, to have uh, to have more balance there. Uh, but I would, you know, I would argue that it's you know it's, it is not the the PA Chamber's policies or our approach that has changed. It's it's really just the nature of the Democratic Party right now. Yeah. Uh, now in in the Lehigh Valley, you have some I think some some examples. I would specifically cite. Uh, State Senator Lisa Boscola, uh, who has a a well earned reputation of of bipartisanship. I don't think anyone would question her, you know, Democratic Party credentials. But she's also someone who appreciates, you know, what businesses are dealing with, and you know, has uh, worked with Republicans in both parties on 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 issues to get things done. And you know, we have, uh, as just a, as one example, endorsed Senator Boscola. So. We, we, we strive for balance, but it, it's, not always, it's not always easy.
0: Alex Halper, Director of Government Relations, the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. He is a political royalty in the Lehigh Valley, given his parents' background in political work between Charlie Dent and Air Products. Alex, I consider you a friend. I appreciate uh, your joining me on the show tonight. And uh, good luck for you as, as you uh, pursue your agenda in the year ahead.
1: Alan, I thank you for having me. It's always, always a pleasure.
0: We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Lehigh Valley Discourse. This is the Jennings Report. We just had Alex Halper on the show, the Director of Government Relations for the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. Stay with us.
1: Celtic Fair, a celebration of Celtic music and culture.
0: From its roots in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Brittany, and Galicia, to its branches in Australia, Cape Breton, Canada, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, and the Lehigh Valley. Music, interviews, and a weekly culture calendar, every Thursday from 7
1: to 9, here on WDIY. The following thoughts and opinions do not necessarily reflect the thoughts and opinions of WDIY, its affiliates, and or its staff, members, and volunteers.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Leah Valley Discourse. This is the Jennings Report, and I have my final thoughts. One of the amendments to the to our Constitution, perhaps the greatest government document ever written, was the first of ten known collectively as the Bill of Rights. One of those the average American doesn't worry too much about Is the ban on, quote, cruel and unusual punishment. The average American doesn't think of themselves as the type who needs protection because they'll never face a judge. Ed Pulaski has sat in a federal prison for more than three years. He is appealing his conviction on corruption charges. The federal correction system doesn't seem to care that the former mayor might be innocent if he faces a new judge. The hanging judge who heard his case was a rah-rah for tough-on-crime justice. No doubt influencing the jury with his exuberance over the opportunity to throw away the key on another fellow American. Frankly, even if Ed is guilty, he has served his time. Fifteen years, which is what his sentence was, is cruel and unusual. Three is enough. Set him free. I watched the right wing rebellion against my country live online. I sat there, stunned by what I was seeing, tears running down my face. I watched white men who can't seem to get adjusted to a diverse world. Rush the gates of our Capitol, thugs, all of them. Vandalize the building I helped pay to be maintained. Beating up fellow Americans because they just happened to get paid to protect those buildings. And even chanting that they wanted to hang the vice president. This is patriotic. More than 730 of our fellow Americans have been charged with high crimes against us. Treason is the real rap. But because the challenge of prosecuting seditious behavior is so difficult... The feds are using easier offenses with which to charge these misfits because the evidence is so clear. Parenthetically, so many of these traitors were filming themselves. It makes for great evidence. These guys are geniuses. Not one has been sentenced to more than half of the 15 years our former mayor was sentenced. Keep in mind that not a penny was found to have been lining his pockets. He simply wanted to serve at a higher level. This just doesn't compute. Ed allegedly tried to use city contracts to pressure those vendors into making donations to his campaign. Okay, if he did, that's not good. But we're paying this talented guy to sit in jail when we could be getting community services from him. Meanwhile, the rioters are walking our streets, undoubtedly stirring up new conspiracy theories undermine our democracy. It's time to set 76166066 free. That's it for the Jennings Report. Thanks for joining us. This is WDIY.